This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to The Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today I'm excited. we got Dr. Ellen Reed. How you doing, Ellen? I'm great. Thanks for having me. It's exciting to have you. You can probably, those of you that are watching this, you can see right here, we've got Relentless Solution Focus. I got to interview Dr. Jason Sell, good buddy of mine, a couple weeks ago. So we got to talk about that. So we're going to talk about not the stuff that he and I talked about. We'll talk about the other half of the book tonight. That sound all right? Awesome. Well, good. Well, uh, for those people that may not know who Dr. Ellen Reed is, I always like to start with kind of a pretty big question on just kind of what's made you the woman you are today. And obviously you are a professional uh, contemporary dancer. Uh, By day, you are a uh, mental performance coach, sports psychologist, you know, Dr. Ellen Reed by night, right? So uh, kind of walk us through that. What's uh, the the double life that you live and uh, what's made you the woman you are today? Gosh. So... You know, I grew up um, really like my parents were amazing. I, you know, I have a big family. Everyone in my family has always been so supportive, um, really instilled a lot of confidence in me. You know, I guess I kind of, I had a pretty boring upbringing in the fact that like things were pretty easy for me. You know, I kind of, I kind of fit the mold, um, which, you know, I think, now that I um, am out in the world and I see, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of men that I dance with who didn't necessarily fit the mold growing up, you know, I I was, you know, I learned in a way that was really conducive to like traditional school settings, right? I was an A student. I was a dancer. um, I was popular, you know, kind of boring, (laughs) kind of looking back at it. Um, But, you know, I think I, I, like I said, I was surrounded by a lot of people who really instilled a lot of confidence in me and always made me feel like I could do anything. Um, But, you know, now I work with a lot of people, either, you know, people that I work with um, just every day who I dance with, who maybe didn't fit the mold so much growing up or my clients, you know, who are struggling through adversity. And I see that that's not the norm, you know, that I was, you know, my, I was so blessed to have that boring upbringing. (laughs) Um, And, you know, everybody doesn't have that. And I think kind of one of the things, you know, that I've learned from Jason and, you know, I've been working with Jason for close to 15 years. Um, And the thing that I would say is the most important thing that I instill in my clients and we instill in our clients is the importance of self-confidence. 
And I think I had a lot of people growing up that really instilled that in me so much so that I didn't even notice, right? It was just normal for me. And how, um, you and, how do you think they did that? So, I mean, what, what yeah. did your parents do maybe that was... Uh, for yeah, the well, you know, I, I always think, I always, I don't know why I have this memory, but I, you know, I've got a big Catholic family. My mom is one of eight. Um, so every birthday, every holiday, you know, we all are getting together and there's probably 40 people in one yeah. house, you know, for every, every holiday, every birthday. And, you know, I, I just always remember my uncles and, you know, always so excited to hear about what I was doing, whether it was like sixth grade science project or, mm -hmm. you know, in high school with my dancing or, you know, what I was pursuing academically, they were always so excited to hear about it. And, I just remember them always saying, you know, Ellie, you're so smart or you're so, you know, you're so talented or, you know, just things that, again, that I probably really took for granted that um, really looking back on it, it was so influential. Um, even now, you know, writing this book um, and, you know, of course, my parents are getting a bunch of copies to give to everybody that they know, you <laughs> right. know, and, you know, my, my, my daughter's aunt, an my author. Uncle, yeah, yeah. You know, my aunts and my uncles and my family, you know, is just so excited for me. And, you know, is and that's something that, you know, I think looking back on it has been really influential to me. Um, and it and it probably was so um it, it was it, it was just kind of natural for them, right? That's yep. just kind of what they do. And I think that, you know people that don't have that, right. Um, didn't grow up like that. Don't have a boss or a coach or, you know, a mentor who is instilling confidence in them, you know, which is actually quite rare, right. right. Um, have to learn to do that for themselves because, you know, self-confidence is the number one variable for performance. Mm. Higher your self-confidence is the high, the better you're going to perform. And, you know, we all don't have someone, you know, over our shoulder telling us how great we are all the time. You know, I had that when I was younger, but I certainly right. don't have that now. Um, and so we have to learn to do that for ourselves. Um, so what about those people that don't have that, though? So they yeah. didn't come up with the, up, the upbringing that you had and uncles and parents and all these yeah. people telling you that. What, what advice would you have for that person listening right now that says, hey, that's great, Ellen, but I don't have it, man. I didn't grow up with it. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So you've got to learn to evaluate yourself in a way that's productive, right? So we kind of, you know, think about it, like evaluate is, is kind of a scary word, right? Even as a mom, like my kids, my oldest son is five. And he's like just now starting to get to the age where like they do kind of evaluations at school, right, you know, like right. they send home his little progress report and even getting that as a mom, you know, like does this to my heart. Sure. Evaluate is kind of a scary word, but people are scared of evaluating themselves because most people are doing it incorrectly or in a way that's really inefficient for progress and growth and motivation. So we need to learn to evaluate ourselves in a way that keeps our focus on our process, keeps our focus on what we're doing well, and keeps our focus on what we want to improve. Now, here's why this is so important. There's a theory in psychology, it's called expectancy theory. 
And I learned this from Jason and he said that, you know, pretty much every fundamental that he's developed filters through this expectancy theory that which you focus on expands. Now, I think Jason actually talked about this when he was on here that we're born with this problem centric thought as humans, our normal course of thought is to be very focused on and be very good at focusing on problems and our shortcomings, but that which we focus on expands. So it's really a recipe for disaster unless we learn how to evaluate ourselves and to shift that problem-centric thought into something more productive, into a relentless solution focus. So again, that which you focus on expands. We're really good at focusing in on our shortcomings. So we have to retrain our brains to be able to focus on the things that are going to promote our performance, right? So if that which you focus on expands, you should be recognizing the little things that you're doing well throughout the day that promote your success, right? But we're not very good at that on a normal basis. You know, again- I think in the book, you call them done wells, right? I mean, yes, to really well. focus on those done wells and they can be so easy. I was just having a discussion last night with my 15 year old of, Hey, what are the things that you've done well today? You know? And he's yeah. like, I, I don't know, you know, and those are, they're hard, especially as a 15 year yes. adult. And I'm like, you know, you ate a salad for lunch yeah. instead of, you know, a cheeseburger, like that's a done, yeah. you know, that's yes. good. It's a healthy choice. And yes. so it's those things, right? That people need to really focus on no matter yes. how big or how small they are. Yes. Well, and I think that I, I love that you brought that up because a lot of people are saying, you know, people that have picked up the book and have read the book and, or clients of ours, like, okay, I've used this with my kids and it's been so effective. You know, a lot of people are picking up this book and doing this stuff with their kids, which I think is so important. Yeah. And, and I'll say too, that I work with, um, I work with a lot of, I work with a lot of kids, you know, I work with a lot of athletes, a lot of business professional, but professionals, but I still work with a lot of high school students, um, even younger students. And it's kind of harder to get them on board with this stuff in a sense, Mm. because, you know, I think that with adults, we can give them the research behind it. And I can say, okay, this has been empirically studied. Here's the research. Now here's the tool that you're going to use that's going to train your brain to do this. But kids don't care about that, right? They They don't care about that. I have to really like, like bring the pep talk, right? To get them to buy into it. But when they start going through the process and seeing the results, you know, it kind of takes care of itself. Um, But just what you just did, you know, with your son, you know, hey, what are three things you did well today? And it's kind of easier to get to, for you to help your son do it, maybe even more so than it is for you to do it yourself. Maybe. Sure. Well, cause <laughs> like Jason said, and I think it was, happen. I think he said in the show and I also read in the book, but you know, and mostly, you know, hard driven charging people, you do a hundred things in a day, 99 yeah. of them you do well. And one you do bad. What are you focusing yeah. on the drive home tonight? Yes. Well, you're yes. going to focus on that. Oh, if I would have just done this. And I don't think that's yes. fair to ourselves, but the brain is wired to make us do that. And so you have yes. to do it to control it yourself. You've yeah. got to be the one that chooses to do something different by focusing on the other 99. Yes. And, you know, I think that it's kind of a con- com- common misconception sometimes that like recognizing you're done wells is soft, right? Yeah. Like, Oh, I'm really going to beat myself up because that's the tough thing to do. Right. But yeah. there is nothing more mentally tough than forcing yourself 
to recognize what you're doing well, because it's not normal. It's not going to come easy. And it really requires consistent training. And so the training that we have outlined in the book is called the success log. The success log is the tool that really teaches you how to evaluate yourself in an effective way. So try to try to reframe the way you think of evaluating. Evaluation doesn't have to be scary. In fact, if you evaluate yourself in the way that we teach you to do it, it's actually kind of enjoyable. So can I, can I teach the success log? So there's yeah. three questions. Okay, good. There's three questions. In the Sorry, I thought you were going to ask me a question there. Sorry. I was oh, like, no, that's yeah, okay. yeah, go that's for okay. it. Let's go. Yeah, we've got, we didn't know if we have time. So three questions that shouldn't take you longer than two minutes to do. And if you're sitting there for longer than two minutes and you haven't finished it, that's fine. Just stop, come back to a new one tomorrow. Okay. The first question is, what are three things that I've done well in the last 24 hours? That's it. What are three done wells in the last 24 hours? So these don't have to be huge. Just the little things done well. This is one of one of our favorite quotes from John Wooden is the little things done well on a consistent basis really cause greatness. So I um, spent 10 minutes this morning snuggling with my son before we went off to work. Right. I got my exercise done today. I put my phone away when I got home from picking up the boys instead of being on there checking emails last night, right? So little things done well. These don't have to be huge, but giving yourself credit for what you're doing well. And again, that which you focus on expands. So that's question number one. What are you doing well? Three things are you doing well. Question number two, what is one thing I want to improve in the next 24 hours. Just one thing, one thing I want to improve in the next 24 hours. So maybe it's, I want to uh, try to be a little bit more connected with my kids tonight. Or maybe I want to make sure I get, um, maybe I'm struggling to bring in new business. So I want to try to bring in some more business. Or maybe I want to make sure I make better choices eating. Um, doesn't matter what it is, just keeping your focus on one thing you want to improve. Again, that which you focus on expands. So keeping your focus on improvements instead of keeping your focus on what it wants to focus on, which is what you screwed up that day, right? It's going to expand. You're going to be able to make improvements much more quickly, much more effectively. So then the last question is what's one thing I can do that could help make that improvement. So if I said that the one thing I wanted to improve was to be more connected with my kids tonight, maybe I'm gonna say, okay, I'm gonna do what I did the last couple of nights that seemed to work. I'm gonna put my phone up on the charger when I get home and not pick it up again until they go to bed. Or maybe I'm gonna set my alarm for seven o'clock PM that's gonna say, quality boys time yep. and I'm going to spend the next 15 minutes one-on-one -on -one with my boys with no devices you know just pick something something actionable something tangible tangible if it's that I'm trying to bring in new business maybe the one thing you could do would be I'm going to make three extra prospect calls the next day so again these are small incremental yep. improvements that are actionable that keep your focus on what you're doing well and what you want to improve. It's the effective way of evaluating yourself.
And when do you do this success log? So you want to do it, you know, at least three times a week. If you're doing it at least three times a week, you're really going to see the results. So I mean, you're doing this like before bed or are you doing this? Whatever. Okay. Well, you want to do it. I think probably in a perfect world, you do it towards the end of the day, but done is better than perfect here. Do it and you'll get it done. If you think first thing in the morning is going to be better, do it first thing in the morning from, you know, what three things did I do well in the past 24 hours, do it at a time when you'll consistently get it done. Yeah. But ideally if I could sit here at my table in my office right before I leave to go home and focus on, okay, what have I done well in the business day or this morning or, you know, how was it with getting the kids ready for school? I mean, all that kind of stuff that that's when you really focus on it. And it makes me think too, this is a perfect, uh, this actually is a perfect, uh, you know, kitchen table discussion with the kids and your wife or your husband. Yeah. So uh, that's awesome. So that's the success log. Let's talk about, we talked about the expectancy theory that which you focus on expands, which I, 100% 100% believe in. I've worked for 20 yeah. years in this financial world and uh, I, I'm a huge believer in that. And, and then talk about the plus one concept. Yes. So the plus one concept is is really important because people get so consumed with the entirety of their situation, trying to solve the entirety of their problem. Yeah. So whatever it is that we've got to really redefine the way we think about solutions. Now, I think the normal definition of solutions is a complete resolution to your problem. But the way we define solution, the way we want you to redefine solution is plus one, just plus one iota to your current situation. Just try to make one inch of improvement, one morsel of improvement. You know, people, this is called the entirety perspective in psychology, and I won't, you know, bore you with kind of the details of the science behind it, but it becomes really easy to give up before you even take that first step when you're really focused on the entirety of your situation. And that's why in that success log, we ask you, what's one thing you want to improve? And then we ask, what's one thing you can do that could help make the improvement. It's not what's the thing that's going to solve your problem, but what's one thing that could help make this better. Yeah. So it's in a football field analogy, right? Let's just keep getting one more yard or let's make one more phone call. And and I guess I went to a boot camp with Jason probably 15, 16 years ago, maybe. And I remember him and I, we were talking about that. It was at Wash U and we were having lunch and it was like, I just want to make one more phone call. And that became a huge focus of mine for years is get all your stuff done. And then yeah. when you're right before you go home, just make one more call. Yes. I'm amazed at the, the things that happened on that one more call at the end of the day. Yes. It, it is so simple, isn't it? It is. But it, well, it's, it's simple, so but simple. yet so hard to do because yes. you're like, oh, it's been busy. Yes. I do want to do, I got to get going. I want to do this. I want to do that. So yes, yes. simple, uh, but yet very difficult as well. Yes. Well, I think that that's, probably the thing that I mean, Jason is, I said this, this to him once. And I think he said, this was like the nicest thing anybody's ever said to him or about him is that I was like, Jason, I was listening to him speak at one um, event. And afterwards I was like, you are just the king of simple. Like he has always had a way of taking these really difficult concepts for people to implement and really simplifying it in a way that makes people, makes it easier for people to digest and to implement. Um, and, and, you know, success is simple. 
you know, people really try to complicate it. They really try to complicate it. And, and people are really being taught kind of the opposite of this, that, you know, busy is great, you know, do more. That's better. You know, it's horrible. It's horrible for performance and it's horrible for emotional states. So if you can get yourself to figure out, to focus on what's the most important thing for you to do on a daily basis, that's going to be most influential to your success. And then just put your focus on nailing that one thing. You're really going to like the results. And I think that's, you know, one of the things that's been so successful about this book is that we really walk people through very clearly. There's no guesswork in it. Very clearly how to identify those most important things and then what you need to be doing on a daily basis to make sure that you're nailing those most important things. Yeah. And that's what I love about the book is not just to keep, you know, cause you're sitting here or the Jason was on as well, but what's cool about it is it is an actual book and a workbook. Yeah. And I mean, I, I know I was going through and you're actually writing in the book, which I would challenge people that I know you, you put those, those spaces in there for people to do it. And I think, and I've been guilty of this at times, is you don't write in there, right? You don't write on yeah. those empty lines. You say, yeah. I'll come back to that. And you never do. But I think right. take the back half of the book or the back 25% of the book and actually do the work. Yeah. Right? I think people will be blown away of what you come up with if you spend the yeah. time to do it. And one of the things that we really emphasize in there that I think is really important to say time and time again, and we say it time and time again in the book is don't try to get this perfect. Like take the next 60 seconds to work on this or take the next two minutes to work on this. Because, you know, what, what happens is people get so consumed with trying to do it perfectly, but they say, okay, well, I don't, I don't have the focus right now to do it, but I'll do it later. Right. And I'll do it later is really just code for it's not going to get done. And so, you know, we really, you're saying it nicer than what you say in the book. Right. I think you or Jason, one of you said it's, that's what the losers say. Of a loser. Right. I think that's what I, yeah, I think it's the, is the language of a loser. That always the makes language of a loser. Yeah. I highlighted yeah, that yeah, part. Yeah. I, I liked it because it is, it's raw. It's, yeah. Uh, I'll do it. La- I'll do it later. It's on page 17. I'll do it later is the language of a loser. It says it may sound harsh, harsh, but it's but simply another yeah. way of saying it's not important enough to do it right now, which yeah. means I'll do it later. Well, yeah. and I think that that kind of makes you feel like, it makes you catch yourself the next time you try to say that to yourself, right? I think it's good to kind of grab people's attention like that yeah. a little bit so that the next time, you know, you catch yourself saying, oh, I'll do it later. You know, you get that little spark of, you know. Yeah, but I think too, it's so cool to, to think of the little things because the other day I caught myself and I said the other day, it was after the snowstorm we had here in St. Louis and the shovel from one of the kids or something was like kind of really close to where maybe one of us could have driven over it and, I started to walk by it. I was into the, the day. I'm like, I'll do it later. And I'm like, Oh, that's, that's what losers say, you know? And I literally yes. went back and picked up a stupid snow shovel and moved it. it. Now, again, that's simple, it. but yet I felt better, right? Little I bit of things, yeah. but I felt better because you make the decision that now it's not over here. Like, Oh, I know I need to do this. And I need to do that. Yes. I need to do this. Yes. So, yeah. And I think, you know, most importantly, is applying that to your most important daily activities. You know, we talk about it, talk about them as process goals in the books, but in the book, but the things that are most important for you to get done every day that are going to directly impact your success. And that's where it's really tempting for people to say, oh, I'll do it later. 
right? I've got a million things on my to-do list. So I'm going to do these easy things first and check those off the list instead of starting with the things that are really important. And so, you know, one of the things that we really emphasize is getting those most important daily activities done first. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, I think the most important ones are usually the hardest ones. And what I have found is if I can get the really hard ones done first, my day is a lot better because I know it's just going to get easier, right? If you got a tough phone call to make, make the phone call at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. whenever you can do it. Don't don't wait until three o'clock because now all day long, that hard phone call is going to take up your energy and your focus. Yeah. You don't well, and, you know, there. there's, a, there's a chemical process to that too. You know, here's one of the other things I was recently thinking about that, you know, when I, I met Jason, when I was, I think just starting graduate school. So, and he was just about to start with the Cardinals okay. and he, and, and that's actually kind of how we um, connected is because he was looking for someone to help him with kind of some administrative tasks. And I was just starting graduate school, you know, sure, I'll, you know, I can make some extra money. This will be great. Right. And um, actually, uh, my first task with him is I was, I would confirm his appointment. So this was 15 years ago. We didn't really have That's cool. like, Google calendar, right? So we'd meet up once a week and I would write down his appointments in my paper planner and, yeah. and call. And he was starting with the Cardinals. And so Apparently I was calling all of these big deal Cardinals players that I had no idea who they were. (laughs) So I wasn't starstruck at all. So I was the perfect candidate. Um, But one of the things that Jason really taught me early on is that, you know, the science behind things is important, but the way that you present it is so much more important than that because things that I was kind of churning out during graduate school is I was getting really kind of, consumed with the science behind things. And I was, my writing and everything like that was very kind of read very similar to like a textbook. Right. Yep. And, and I love the science, you know, I'm a, I'm a scientist. I've got my doctorate in experimental psychology and, but what Jason really taught me and what I really think he is so great at is presenting this stuff in a way, again, that is so compelling that makes people really realize the importance of it and know exactly how to apply the science that this is based on in their real lives. Um, And so I say all that to say this, that you talked about how important it is to, you know, get that first thing, get that important thing done first in the day, because that really gives you a lot of momentum throughout the rest of your day. And, you know, there's a really a scientific reason for that and a chemical reason for that, that when you have that little success, that releases all of these feel good neurotransmitters into your bloodstream, into your body that really give you you know, a, a, a lot of momentum throughout your day. But when you keep putting off that important stuff, mm. you feel your stress level starting to creep up and creep up and creep up. And that's cortisol going yeah. through your body, right? And that really does a number on our ability to perform throughout the day. So how do you, how do you, but what about the, the, the person that may be listening to this, watching this and they're like, yeah, but again, Brett, you talk about this all the time or Ellen, now you're saying this is you don't understand my situation and maybe it's financial, right? Because of COVID yeah. and they've lost their job and they're like, look, I've been trying to do this, but I'm trying to, you know, plan for one more thing and I need, I, I don't have the money I want, I once had, yeah. or, or I'm in this spot with my 
physical weight where I just, I don't want to go exercise. I mean, yeah, what about that, right. You're in this hole and you just got to dig yourself up and it's easy for us yeah. here and sing Kumbaya and act like, Oh, just think positively. Yeah. Well, right. BS, right. right. It's hard when yeah. you're in the Yes. Yes. It can't just be a pep talk. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, you know, pep talks are great, right? They work for a couple of days, but then they really don't do anything to change your right. life. It's really about the consistency of the small stuff. Right. And so what I say to that is pick one thing. Sorry, my battery's running low here. Um, right. Am I back? You're back. Okay. Pick one thing to start with. It doesn't matter what it is. Pick one thing that resonates with you. You know, maybe it's one thing you heard here. Maybe it's one thing that you read in the book. Pick one thing and start executing that one thing and just see, let the momentum, let the results from that one thing really, sorry, sorry, Brett. That's okay. okay. There we go. <laughs> I keep getting interrupted here. <laughs> Let the momentum from that one thing really carry you into the next thing. Yeah. Again, the entirety perspective. It's so easy and so normal to get consumed with the entirety of the, of the problem. And this is a difficult time. You know, yeah. I, I started this podcast talking about, you know, how great my upbringing was, right? <laughs> and how kind of easy it was for me. And, and I fully acknowledge that. And I fully, you know, I know that that is not the case for everyone growing up. And I know that, you know, I'm sitting here at my house, able to continue what I'm doing, you know, virtually, and I'm really lucky. And, you know, I have stuff in my life too. You know, I have adversity and I have struggles in my life, just like you do, just like everybody else does. And this is a really difficult time. And what to do in a really difficult time in a time of adversity when people feel out of control is to pick one thing. doesn't matter what that one thing is. Pick one thing and start getting all over attacking that one thing. Take back control of that one thing. Maybe it's, maybe it's I'm going to make five calls a day. Or maybe it's I'm going to walk on the treadmill for 30 minutes a day. Yeah. Or maybe it's I'm going to spend 10 minutes with my spouse without devices a day. doesn't matter. Start small. Start yeah. small. Pick that one thing and get all over the execution of that. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I was uh, this big believer when I was, you know, in my 20s and, and even in my early 30s. And you, you just want to set all these goals and you want to go from A yeah. to Z and and then you, maybe you hit them and then maybe you didn't, and then you're beating yourself up over it. And that's, that's advice I would have for people too, is don't, don't just try to set that A to Z goal and expect it to happen in the next month, six months. I mean, this is a long yeah. game, right? We have to play. Yeah. And it took me forever. It felt like to realize yeah. that, that just yeah. one step, right? One foot in front of the other uh, is yes. how you win. It, it's not yeah, like that giant leap. And you know, it's, it's interesting because you know, it, what does kind of seem maybe slow at first because people are used to setting like five goals or, you know, yeah. is actually the fastest way to get there. Yeah. Right. And the longer that, the longer that Jason and I have been doing this, the, the less we do. Right. <laughs> what I mean by that is, you know, I told you about how, when I first started with Jason, I confirmed his appointments yeah. and his time slots used to be an hour. And I, he had, I don't know, maybe eight of them in a day. And I would call eight people in a day. Um, then they shortened down to 45 minutes and then 30 minutes and then 20 minutes. 
months. And now mm-hmm. he doesn't really spend very often more than 15 minutes on the phone. And, and similar to, to me, our experience, the more, the more, the longer we've, do, we've been doing this and the more kind of success that our clients get, I think as a result of our ability to really simplify and really focus on, you know, what's the important thing to nail this one session. And then that's it. We don't throw more at you than can be done with consistency. And I think Jason mentioned this in his interview, but I think this is really important to say again, that the science behind channel capacity. So the amount of information that you can handle, that you can focus on and work on in your brain at a time is that you can hold three things in working memory at a time. But for anything new or anything that you're trying to implement or improve, anything more than one is a recipe for inconsistency. Mm. And so don't set more than one goal at a time. Start with one and start with one thing to do to implement towards that goal. And then when you're consistent with that one thing for a month, then add a second. And then add a third when you're consistent with that. Again, it's actually the fastest way to get there. I was talking to one of my consulting clients that I do work with for their company. And I said, I said, I feel like a broken record because I I have like this, I picture this toolbox I'm carrying around and I used to want to have like, you know, 40 different toolbox, all that tool and that tool and that tool. And what I found was I really only need about four or five tools. Yeah. Right. And I can get the job done and, but it's being damn good at those four or five goals. Yes. Uh, to make you successful and doing them day in and day out. And you know, I talk about all the time, it, it's not brush your teeth 14 times on Sunday, right? It's right. Brush your teeth twice a day. I love that. Days, I love that. Right? Yeah. And yeah. I think that sometimes we want to just, oh, I'll do it, you know, 14 or 12, I'll even do it more. I'll do it 20 times on Sunday and my teeth are fine. Well, no, that's not the case. Doesn't work yeah. that way. Yeah. I love that. Well, and you know, you, you, like you said, you don't have to be good at everything. but you better be good at what's most important to your success. So A, you better know what's most important and B, you better make sure that you're nailing those most important things. And that goes for, you know, as a mom or, you know, at home, as a spouse, as a friend, as, you know, in business, you know, we're not all like, you know, I'm not, I'm not the, um, the Pinterest mom or, you know, like my, my, um, my sister kind of got the, those jeans for my mom of like, <laughs> you know, like always like having the best holiday decorations, yeah. and, you know, and all of that. And I love that. I wish that was me, but it's not. Yeah. But what I know that I, it's really important to me and that I nail with my kids is making sure that I'm helping them to develop their self-confidence. Yeah. And so, you know, you don't have to be good at everything, but you better be good at what's most important. And it's much simpler than, than people think. I love that. I love that. So what's that one thing for you? What is it that, uh, if you don't mind sharing, kind of that one focus for you um, that that you just got to get it done day in and day out? So, well, I've, I've got a few, but that's because I've, let me, let me give the caveat to that, that I'm consistent with one, then add another, then add another, more than one for me. But one is what I do. I call my fitness challenge every day. So, you know, I go to rehearsal um, every day from like, 9 30 to 3 or so and then get on coaching calls and in the evenings I do um I do like 100 something whatever that is so like push-ups 
Mm, squats, yeah. whatever. And then 200 abs. So I do that pretty religiously every day. So that's my kind of one thing in terms of dancing and then my success log and my mental workout. Okay. I like it. I like it. Well, it's all in the book. So uh, where can we find more of Dr. Ellen Reed? So you can get on jasonself.com on the website. You can also go to relentlesssolutionfocus.com. Um, and that takes you to some great resources, the book and some resources from the book. Um, I'm on Instagram, Dr. Ellen Reed, um, you know, all, all the things on all the things on social media, (laughs) Facebook, everything, relentlesssolutionfocus.com. You can go to, uh, jasonselk.com. You can click up there. I think it says about us and and your stuff is in there. So for coaching or speaking or anything like that. But again, the book is phenomenal. Relentless Solutions Focus, uh, Solution Focus. Uh, check it out. And maybe we'll do something with this. We'll have three or four people. If we can get some shares on this on social media, maybe I'll send one out to people. How about that? I love it. You got a box of them right over here. So it's plenty a pretty of books book, to go around. It, What's that? <laughs> it's a pretty book. Isn't it, it is a pretty book. I like I, it. I like I, it. I, I, I do too. I was really, um, it was really important to me to make it good looking because I was like, I want people to want to leave this on their desks yeah. because it really needs to be something that's a constant reminder. And like you said, it's kind of like a workbook, you know, you write in it, you work through it. So leave it out, use it as a reminder of implementing these principles. That's right. So we're going to have some fun. Let's pull up your Instagram here and uh, maybe we can edit this in somehow into the, uh, into the show. We'll figure that out. We'll figure that out as we go. It. So I'm going to show, let's see, Dr. Ellen Reed, uh, here she is. Um, do you recall your last few posts, any of your favorite posts and why is it your favorite post? Do you know? Oh gosh. I'm putting you on the what spot is my here. Last, what is my last post? Do you Let's see, see it? Your last post is a video of you doing, it's very fast, very fast ballerina. Oh, that's yes. Okay. So that's, um, that's me doing bar in my basement. So doing bar in the basement. Okay. We were talking about this before our, the dance company, we've been really lucky that we're still able to rehearse through all of this, but we had a day, I can't remember why, but we were on zoom that day. So we were taking class via zoom and I've okay. got a little um, place in my basement where I do it. And I was, you know, that's bar is kind of our fundamentals. So it's a first okay. part of ballet class. And that's like our fundamentals. It's the thing that we, that we work on really nailing. We do it every day. Um, you know, and you know, what's your fundamental, what's the thing nice. that you need to be nailing every day. And I got to think that's going to help all of us. Yeah. I'm obviously not a professional dancer, but doing that type of stuff is going to be helping my golf game. It's going to help yeah. me have longevity in life. I mean, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thank you, Dr. Ellen Reed. And again, thank you for writing the book, Relentless Solution Focus. It is awesome. And I look forward to seeing you sometime when we're all out, you know, mingling in person. So I know. Congrats on all your success. Thank you. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm. 